everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Landlord and Tenant Podmess. I am one of your hosts. I'm Landlord James. And attentive listeners will know that I am Tenant Mike. Um, Mike, how are you doing today? Um, <clears throat> pardon me, sorry. I'm uh, actually a little bit uh, tired today. Okay. I don't have my usual vim and vigor. Yes, you have uh, dark, dark circles under your eyes. I wish sometimes we had a video podcast so people could see what my eyes look like. Because today they are not looking good. Uh, I'm pretty tired. I haven't been sleeping well lately. Uh, why are you so tired? What's going on? Are you just thinking about your life and how you've got nothing going on? Or? Uh, no, but I, I can see why you would think that. Um, what's happened is, okay, so as attentive listeners will know, I am in a bit of a serious relationship with a, a woman right now. Her name is Ruth. And she's a real take-charge kind of woman. And that's something I like about her. Uh, she's taken over my wardrobe. She's taken over my diet. Uh, for the better, I'm uh, the old uh, digestive system is has never worked better, um, and she has taken over most recently my sleep schedule. So I'm not sleeping the way I, I usually do, and it's sort of catching up with me, James. Okay, so um, for the listeners who don't know, Mike's girlfriend is 65, we think. Mid to late 60s, she's keeping the precise age away from me. And some of us are concerned about this relationship for a lot of reasons. So what exactly is the new sleep schedule she has you on? So I used to sleep, you know, between six and eight hours a night. Usually go to bed around 11, maybe 10.30. And she has introduced a new sleep schedule for me where every four hours I snooze for 20 minutes. Hmm. As you can imagine, that's uh, a little hard on the old body, hard on the brain, hard on my organs, and hard on my eyes. That's why my eyes look so just why, so awful. Why does she want you to do this? It, she, she has this, when we're together and when we're cuddling and kissing, she has this idea that a relationship should be about breaking the boyfriend down and then rebuilding him again the way you want him to be. And so we're in the middle of that process right now. Oh, that sounds very healthy. She's basically disassembling me and putting me back together correctly. Huh. So by basically torturing you with a lack of sleep? No, no, it's not. I can see this isn't some sort of CIA sleep deprivation thing. Sounds like it. No, no, this is done with with love and care. And it's for my own good, she said. What? So... I recommend it. Uh, well, no... She said that after a few months, I'll get used to the new sleep cycle, the new schedule, and I'll be fit as a fiddle and have, have more energy se- than I've ever had in my life. Have you seen Get Out? Uh, missed that one. Okay. In Get Out, these people, like, uh, the main character goes to this cottage, and he encounters a man who's sort of been, like, brain transplanted. Okay. And, and that's gonna be, like, you, basically. In four months, with, with this weird sleep schedule, you're going to be like a zombie. Well, I, all I do know about Get Out is that it's a very popular movie, so I'll take that as a compliment. Oh, my God. It what? Made, uh, go ahead. Made a lot of money, as far as I've heard. Yeah. And you said she's changing her diet? She has, she has changed my diet. Like, how? It's entirely fish-based these days. Um, and that means that's not just supper and lunch. I'm talking breakfast and snacks. Fish in the morning, fish at lunch, fish at supper. 
And why the hell? Why, like Mike? Why is, does she want you to 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 do this? I already told you she's breaking me down, oh, rebuilding oh me correctly, God. and um, you know I might not look so so hot right now, and I might not be breathing and uh, very healthily, or I might be sweating a little more than I usually do. But in the end, I believe this is good for me. My God, do you want me to bring you like? Kale or something, or some kind of rough. Like you can't just only eat fish. Well, I'm doing that just for five months, and then I'm gonna see how I'm doing after that. But uh, yeah, that's me. That's me and Ruth. Uh, otherwise, we're having a great time. How about you? How has your week been? Sounds like a it's like a romantic comedy. It is a relationship. It's like um, oy, oy, oy. it's like when Harry met Sally. Yeah. Except it's in Toronto. Which, yeah. which I think is, is wonderful. And Sally is maybe mentally unwell. Well. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. I Actually, you know what? No, I'm a bit pissed. Um, my uh, ex, who we shall not name, um, took uh, my son Pavel to the Mar-a-Lago one-year anniversary, which pissed me the F off. Oh, for, because for President... Drum. Yep. And that really irritated me that she would go with Pavel. Because no one should have gone no, to that. No, because then I, I couldn't go if she's there. I can't be in the same room as her. Right. Uh, legally, I can't. I don't, there's no restraining order or anything. We just hate each other. Mm, so that really pissed me off. But um, in the end, I decided to do something else with my time. And I ended up uh, going to uh, this thing called A Night for Freedom in New York City. Oh. A lot of uh, like-minded, uh, critical, modern thinkers were there. Mike Cernovich, etc., etc. So, oh. um, I at least got to do that. But yeah, irritated. Yeah, I read something about that. Uh, not my kind of scene. I, I uh, really don't like those people who were speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you went to that. I uh, yeah. How, how did you did you enjoy it? I loved it. Uh, yeah, anything else going on, Michael? Uh, I guess I just really like to, I'd really love to go to sleep right now, but I know that if I do, Ruth will, she'll just have my hide, and well, I can't so do that. so what? Well, let's just pause the podcast, and you can have a nap. No, it's rude to sleep uh, in front of a guest and, and a co-host, so I'm not going to do that right now. Okay. But, um, I have started seeing, like, weird trails when I turned my head, like, I just turned my head right there, and I saw... Just brown and and green. Michael, she's maybe drugging you. Mm, I don't. I don't think so because she loves me. So I love you. How long unlikely. have you been dating? Uh, three weeks now. Mike, yeah. you can't. You should. You shouldn't even say I love you to someone. I mean, before your wedding night, as far as I'm concerned, even if then. You can't, after three weeks, tell a woman you love her. I'm an old-fashioned guy, and I like to get it out of the way uh, as soon as possible so that we can get on with our lives. When's the last time... Did she say I love you back? Uh, yeah. Um, when is the last time you told a woman you love her, or you told Pavel, your son, that you love him? Um, And I know that the love between a father and son is different than the love between a man and a woman. Yes. Um, At least I hope so. Yes, Michael, it's very different. And I have never told Pavel I love him, nor will I ever, because, you know, this isn't a Kleenex commercial. Like, no one wants to hear their dad say, I love you. Give me a break. Yes, they do. No, they don't. I swear to God, James, 
if you don't tell Pavel you love him by March, by March, so that gives you just over a month, I'm going to do it. What? It's a threat I'm willing to make good on. If you don't tell your son, Pavel, that you love him, I will. And I will call Dateline NBC and capture the thing on video and no, have you thrown in jail. It's not that kind of thing. I'm not I'm not trying to groom Pavel or lure him into anything uh un, you know untoward. I just want him to feel loved by a um a male presence he looks up to. Well, men don't need to feel loved by other men. They need to feel challenged by other men. You know, when we were cavemen, do you think the Daddy caveman went, I love you, Og. Probably. No, probably, probably not. You probably just half res- of them. just quietly respect each other. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Well, we had a, you had a segment idea, didn't you, Mike? Yeah. Um, I came up with it last night when I uh, wasn't allowed to sleep. And uh, Yeah, are you getting a lot done at least? Sort of, but the work is, when I look back on it later, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Right. Um, also, did I mention Ruth? When, I, when she does allow me to sleep, 20 minutes every four hours, uh, I have to do so standing. So what? think about that for a second. So a fun idea I came up with. Um, you know, Canada, we're often, as Canadians, we feel dwarfed by our big southern neighbor. Of course, I'm talking about America. That has Hollywood, it has Wall Street, it has Washington, D.C., unfortunately, at the moment. So I thought it'd be nice to take a moment to to applaud our own, to applaud other Canadians who are doing great work and making headlines and, you know, helping Canada and our image in the world. So here's a segment called The Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess Presents... Here are some cool Canucks. So, cool Canuck number one is Mr. Christopher Plummer, 88-year-old veteran actor and Canadian icon. Uh, He, of course, just was nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for the film All the Money in the World, where he plays the oil tycoon J. Paul Getty. Have you seen that movie, James? No. Um, and did you know that he, he stepped in last minute to, to perform that role as J. Paul Getty? Because uh, originally, Kevin Spacey did it. And then he was fired in a uh, sort of tornado of shame, shall we say. Yes, I, I heard about that. Yes, no comment. Part of me thinks that it would be nice if more American actors sort of had to exit projects because of uh, scandals or crimes they committed so that, you know, hardworking Canadians could step into their shoes and show the world what we're made of. Well, yeah, except that, you know, there's at least as many creepy Canadians as Americans, so... Uh, No, there are not. I bet there are. Anyway, let's keep doing the cool Canucks. Well, why don't you do one? Okay, uh, my first cool Canuck, quote-unquote... And that's with a K. Ugh. Uh, my first cool Canuck is uh, Neil Peart. Peart? How do you pronounce it? Peart? Peart. Peart. Anyway, he's the drummer for Rush, which is a sick band. If you haven't checked them out, download some of their music. Rush is uh, uh, retiring, the band. Oh, I'm and so sorry to hear. Neil was always my favorite member He because he can keep a mean beat, and he's a huge Ayn Rand fan. 
So oh. good night, Neil, and thanks for the rock. That's interesting. Now, I don't much care for Ayn Rand's uh, writings, um, but it's rare to hear of a rock drummer who is a, a fan of hers. Do you know of any other rock drummers who are Randians? Yeah, uh, Patrick Wilson of Weezer, apparently, is oh. a huge, massive uh, capitalist libertarian and uh, at least i think just interpreting the lyrics of the band so i didn't know that mm-hmm. yeah also uh yeah the drummer of uh, econoline crush you know now that we're talking about this i do remember years ago on the subway seeing a certain tyler stewart who is the drummer from of course the bnl's bare naked ladies i remember him leafing through an old dog-eared copy of atlas shrugged well, there you go. So I mean, it might be something about drumming that's kind of, uh, you know... Sink or swim, right? Sink or swim, yeah. Atlas Shrugged is, is, is libertarian, right? That's the vibe? From what I understand, yes. Yeah, well, that yeah. makes sense to me because, you know, there's no handouts with drums. No. Nope. There's no assistance. There's no, you know, electric guitar, you're getting the benefit of the, the, uh, the uh, amp. Drums, right. you're on your own. Acoustic. Just like the country should be. Right. If you want a road... Build it yourself. You don't need tax dollars to do it. Well, I disagree with that. Um, but there we go. Another cool Canuck, Neil Peart. Um, my next cool Canuck is actually p- plural, cool Canucks. I'm talking, of course, about the Canadian bobsleigh and skeleton teams that we're sending to the 2018 PyeongChang Olympics uh, coming up uh, in February, very, very soon. It's the biggest... Uh, team of bobsleigh and sled athletes we've ever sent to an Olympics, and uh, I wish them all the luck in the world in their hunt for those 15 medals. Yes, and best of luck to them when the Olympics are over and they're back to working at Harvey's. They don't work well, at Harvey's. Who cares about James. bobsled? Bob's bobsled is is the bedrock of Canadian sport, and I've I've always said that. What I hope is that the, our teams are safe. In South Korea, because, you know, that peninsula is in a lot of uh, trouble right now, and I would hate for all those very talented athletes to to die during some sort of nuclear incident. Mm. Can you imagine that? That's why we gotta get little Rocket Man out of there. Alright, um, on to my next cool Canuck, and I'm gonna go with a very cool dude. I'm gonna go with uh, a little guy called Julian Fantino. He was the police chief of Toronto and mm. was very anti-drug. I, I believe he's an Italian gentleman. <laughs> I believe you are correct. Just just a guess. And anyway, now he's starting his own marijuana business. And some people are going to go, hey, you know, that's hypocritical. But as a big-time capitalist, I'm looking well, at it going, he, yeah, I like it. He jailed a lot of people for low-level drug offenses. That is the textbook definition of, of being a hypocrite, I believe. Yeah, Mike, but the difference was, at that time, marijuana was bad for you and illegal, and now it's not going to be illegal, so you might as well make some money. Right. I wonder if he's um, doing anything to the marijuana he's selling to sort of add a little bit of uh, an Italian touch to it, you know, like a a recipe that Nona used to make in his uh, his bud. A little bit of uh, maybe uh, oregano or something. I'm just talking off the top of my head here. Well, that's actually not a bad idea. Who knows? Who knows? Well, uh, a little bit of uh, international flavor to uh, your ganja. Some uh, Reggiano Parmigiana in the, uh, in in the, the fat blunt yeah. you've got. Nice. 
Well, good okay. for him, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely good for him. And uh, I think pretty good segment. I think that segment is about to go viral. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> oh, I really need to take a nap. Well, why don't we just take a quick break then, and we'll be back with our guest. Yeah. And welcome back to the show, everybody. I, I'm i feeling a little bit punch drunk because I haven't slept in a long time because I'm in love with a woman. Uh, but now is the time where we introduce our guest. And this this week's guest is a man of letters. He's a journalist who writes for a very popular magazine for people of a certain age. Uh, the magazine, of course, is called Zammer. And his name is John Semley. Welcome aboard, John. Thanks for having me, gents. Thanks uh, for coming. <laughs> it's nice to have a journalist on the show, and that profession is getting a lot of guff these days. Watch what you say, or uh, might put you on blast. James, too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> please don't. <laughs> James, you don't like the media. No, uh, no offense, uh, but I just I'm taken. I, you know, just think that you guys have been manipulating. The news to suit your own agenda, and I'm yeah, glad yeah. you're finally getting taken to task. Fair this, comment. This will be interesting to see how you two get along. It'll be like fire and ice meeting. I pride myself on being a bit of a social pariah, uh, a thorn in the side of uh, city leaders, which you might like. Uh, a John Tory, for example. Right. Uh, Al Carbone from the Kit Kat bar. I sort of like to, to put the screws to them, if you know what I mean, in print. So to anyone who's yep. li- listening... Journalist to me. We're talking very deep Toronto stuff right now. So to, to anyone listening outside Toronto, and we do have a sizable following in America. The Philippines. The Philippines. I think the Kit Kat bar is well known outside of the GTA. I, I, I hope so. But specifically what's happening is that on Toronto's King Street, which is one of the proud boulevards of this city, um, Mayor John Tory has initiated a pilot project where cars aren't allowed to drive and only street cars and some of the restaurants are so upset they set up some ice sculptures in the shape of middle fingers so funny and the owner of the Kit Kat bar is very vocal about how much he hates the street cars and mayor john tory he's sort of spearheading the uh, middle finger initiative yes if uh, it's kind of like if you're in the states it's like similar to what's happening to trump where someone's like just trying to make it work and just trying to get through what they want and the media is just Chomping at the bit to attack a successful. But you're saying that's uh, that's the owner of the Kit Kat bar who's trying yeah. to make it work, right? Yeah, he's trying to run a successful Italian bistro. Some might oh, argue he's an Italian gentleman too. We were talking just before about uh, former Toronto police chief Julian Fontino. There are so many Italians in Toronto. I heard I heard murmurs around the office that you can get an Italo-Canadian tax credit, which you might want to apply for. Ooh, yeah, are under you, the Canadian media. Italian, firm. Mike. I am not Italian, although I have an Italian-sounding yeah. last name. It's actually a... Enter cr- the vowel. Enter the vowel, yay. Oh, hey. Uh, when you hear those vowels, you think, am I in Sicily right now? But actually, um, my last name originally was Balaj. It was a uh, Hungarian name that was corrupted when my um, illiterate grandfather uh, came to this country. Anyway, enough about me. John, uh, we were talking about uh, Italian tax credits. Um I would love to invest in one of those. Or well, it's it. just to support the Italian-Canadian community. Yeah. And Italian-Canadian art projects or uh, podcasts can apply for it. And you can uh, sort of underwrite. I mean, the, something from the government kitty. Absolutely. Well, there's right. a ton of uh, Italian-Canadians doing cool things in the media. I mean, I don't think I have to tell you guys about Frank D'Angelo. 
Um, Rosie DeMano, I know you're a f- fan of hers yeah. as well. Frank D'Angelo, incidentally, his uh, the Forget About It Supper Club is located on King's King. Oh, West. he must be pissed. Likely a victim, I think, of the pilot project. If you I guys so. haven't checked out Frank D'Angelo, YouTube him. He's a singer. He's a entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. He makes yeah. movies. Maybe embroiled in uh, a local scandal about which I can't say much more because I'm just digging into it. Are you talking about his uh, his uh, energy drinks? The Cheetah Energy Drinks, that was a previous scandal, long been exposed, right. Michael. You have to subscribe to the newspaper. Right. Um, but there, I don't want to name names because it's something I'm snooping into, but there was a certain uh, double as I understand it. Well, it reminds, reminds one of uh, all those great uh, mafia movies from, right. from Scorsese. Or Frank from, D'Angelo, or The or Neighborhood, Frank, oh, The right. Red Maple Leaf, uh, oh. Sicilian Vampire, yes. of course. Well, I... Um, I I am a producer of a couple of Frank's movies. I've been on the show being Frank, so I'm a big Frank fan. So all, all right. I'm going to say is... He can sing, he can dance, yeah. uh, he runs a restaurant. That's the original yeah. Triple Threat. Yeah. yeah. Well, wow, we should re- maybe rename this podcast. Instead of calling it the Landlord and Tenant Podmess, we should call it uh, Italy Tonight. But, of course, we won't <laughs> do that. But, John, so, hmm. you're a journalist, you're not Italian... Um, Sadly. You write for Zammer Magazine. Now, I know what it is, but can you explain what Zammer Magazine is? Zammer is a magazine for boomers with Zap. And a lot of people tell me it doesn't quite track as a uh, portmanteau. Okay. Uh, But nevertheless, there's another magazine for the over 45 set. So baby boomers. Baby boomers, yes. But not your normal uh, sort of crotchety, uh, get off my Mm, lawn. Right, Mr. Wizard kind of, Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino style uh, silent generation types. I mean, we are boomers with... Zam and with zap. Uh, so when you say zap and zam and all these wonderful uh, evocative words, when I hear zap, I think of a robot sort of firing a laser at someone, and that that can't be what you're after. Well, certainly not. I mean, in fact, the uh, euthanasia bill, which is essentially what you're describing, is something that I've come out against in the pages of Zammer. All right. Uh, this idea that there would be a robot-assisted euthanasia for the elderly, because if someone, to my mind. Life begins at 50 plus. Cheers. And if you're 90, 91, you're convalescing, uh, it takes all the energy in your body just to draw a breath. That to right. me is a great thing. We used to respect the wise, and now yes. uh, they're looked down upon. I don't understand it. Well, I respect my elders. The older, I have a saying. Yeah, the Mike older respects you... them so much, he uh, falls in love with one. Oh, is that so? Oh, yeah, well. Mike's date- dating an older lady anyway. She's. Does she zam or zip or zap or... She does, she does everything. <laughs> oh, I'm curious to meet the young even, lady. Even if it's a zop as well. Um, what James is, is getting at is that, yes, I am in a serious relationship right now with a an older woman. Uh, my, my goodness, just saying that makes me think that I'm Dustin Hoffman in... in we don't say graduate. older, we say mature. Mature. Right. I like that. So I'm dating a, a woman named Ruth. She's much older, mid to late 60s. She's oh. taking control of my wardrobe, my diet... Uh, my media intake, and now my sleep schedule. But anyway, um, I, I think she'd love to meet you because you would have some great tips for her. Don't meet her. She's mental. Well, a lot of people think that at that age you can't, uh, that sex, the boudoir, becomes a problem. Oh, uh, the exact opposite is true, in fact. Uh, how do you mean? Well, we can't, when we're together on, on the weekend, we take the phone off the hook, old-fashioned, we turn off our cell phones. Right. We order in. 
We order some some Ravi's soups in. That's a local Toronto and a soft soup food a for soft an older food. lady. And we just stay in the bed uh, from Friday evening till Monday morning. And dot dot dot. Say no more. Uh, yes, please say no more. What As an investigative journalist, Michael. I'd love to dig into this, but uh, well, we're trying to have a child. So uh, what? Yeah, Mike. This is something you is, always get you, upset about, James. You, but you can't have a child with like a woman who might be seventy and is clearly insane. You've never met her before. You don't know what she's capable of. Uh, yeah, yeah. There are womb transplants, and we are right. developing. Uh, right. Some of us in the community are developing sort of robotic wombs and uh, systems by which women as old as uh, 90, 95, hell, 100 oh my uh, will be able to carry a child to, to full term and enjoy a smart cocktail while doing it. Now, what you're saying in the olden days would have been regarded as science fiction, but these days it's science fact. We like to call it playing God. Uh, imagine God up in heaven who created all the light. Michael, you're a Roman Catholic, as I understand yeah, it. Yeah, it informs every decision I make. Yes. So imagine a God up in heaven who created all this beautiful life, the mountains, the streams, and the stars. This is something that uh, we in the community think that we are entitled to do through I, sheer ingenuity. I love everything you're saying. I think it's great. I'm, I'm going to have to put you and Ruth in touch. This is amazing. Yeah, I, w- I would love to meet her, yeah. So when did, like, old people start thinking they could start, you know, being, acting cool in this way? Like, you know, skateboarding and turning their hats backwards and being, like, radical, dude. Have you ever ridden a spider? You know, like, it's like a motorcycle that has two wheels on the front sort of to steady you. My son has one, yeah. Right, so the the... Invention of the spider did a lot for it because a lot of people were falling off their motorcycles. You know, when you get over 65, right. a broken hip, you're done. You're done, You yes. might as well be put out to pasture. What was that film with John Travolta and the... They were old, older guys. Oh, the Wild Hogs. Wild Those guys are in Hilarious. their 50s. Yeah. Oh, they're spring chickens. Hell of a funny movie. film, though. Yeah. Um, but back, let me give you a little bit of a history lesson because you asked. I'm a bit of a history buff as well. All right. Okay. Um, in the old, you, you do it all. <laughs> in the old days when the uh, mortality rate was considerably uh, more severe, you might have one or two old people in a community. Now, since uh, what we call the baby boom, they're everywhere. They've proliferated, right? Mm. Right. So the generation after that would like to say that wisdom doesn't matter, that life experience doesn't matter, right. that just because you were born in 1946, that you're old, right. uh, you deserve to die, and you can't right. have fun. Uh, but we have uh, such numbers and such wealth as well. Many of us have very lavish inheritances. It's true. It's from true. our dead parents. Especially, uh, you're looking at the, the you're looking at James. Then, yeah, he but inher- I'm not a baby boomer, Mike. No, but I'm your uncle was five, and you inherited the building from him and did no work. That's anyway. true. That's true. But you know, whatever. Nevertheless, we we control the wealth. We exist in such numbers uh, that it's impossible to shut us down. We're making great. Great strides. But don't you think that's bad? Like, shouldn't you guys move on and let young guys like me take over? Absolutely not. And and, and do what? I mean, we are moving on. We're mountain bi- Have you ever seen a base cell margarine commercial? Yeah, I guess those all are the kind, time. Of, kind of yeah. cool, yeah. It's very much that lifestyle. It's all uh, The Xamarin lifestyle is all about mountain biking, uh, mm-hmm. playing tennis, running on the beach uh, with a golden retriever, uh, and of course... Again, the boudoir stuff, which need I say more? I, I feel I'm already exhausted when we started recording, and now I'm even more so hearing about all this physical activity. I was going to say, you look terrible for a younger man. Thank you. Yes, well, it's because of my girlfriend who is... Uh, who controls your life. She's, no, she's just adjusting my sleep schedule, James, for the love of God. She's acclimatizing you to a Xamarin lifestyle, which is go, go, go. No time for sleep. You know what? I'm going to be honest. If Mike had an older girlfriend who was really cool and partied, I'd be like, this is great. Which but she is. Mike's girlfriend is like a sociopath who is con- clearly controlling his life. 
And I imagine sort of like an Andy Capp's wife, hair and curlers, uh, poking you with a rolling pin should you doze off. You guys just make me laugh hearing you say this kind of thing. She is not like Andy Capp's wife, Flo, I believe her name was. Um, She is the exact opposite. She's like blondie, to put it in comic strip terms, except a little older. Hubba hubba. No, there's something I understand, yeah. Right. Now, Now, John, you used a phrase before that I'm, I, I've never really understood. Now, ba- the phrase baby boomer or baby mm-hmm. boom, that, is, that refers to people who were born after World War II. Am I to believe that after World War II, people were so happy that Hitler maybe blew his brains out in the Fuhrer bunker that they got very horny, and I hate to use that word, they got very all, all worked up sexually and started just doing it all the time. The pistol... <laughs> That Hitler uh, fired off into his own brain in the Fuhrer bunker, as you mentioned. Yes. Uh, which is unmarked in the streets of Berlin so that we can't celebrate it. But many boomers would like to. Because right. for us, that pistol sort of symbolizes the renewed uh, exuberance of life. You know, right. the, uh, In fact, if, if you want to use a sexual analogy, uh, the phallus itself sort of exploding. Right. Not to say that having sex or that the baby boom was, you know, you should think of Hitler's brain matter being splattered everywhere. No, but, but it wasn't, there was an air of jubilance. Right. People came home from the war and uh, what do you think the men did? They immediately got under the covers and, they and the babies boomed. They yeah. ejaculated. They ejaculated yeah. uh, the same way that the bullet ejaculated out of Hitler's pistol. That's correct. And just as Hitler was not wearing uh, a condom or he did not have right. a dental dam around his face, right. there was very little protection uh, yeah. and hence the baby boom. A little bit of history for our listeners. Did you know that, James? I, I can't imagine wanting to know that. Why would I? Why I don't even want that information in my head. Incidentally, the image of Mussolini and his mistress Clara Petrocli being strung up in the town square that was oh. also a very erotic image in the baby, baby boom. It was passed around on postcards. Oh, it goodness. sort of uh, fired up a lot of loins at the time, if you believe it. Now imagine if there was something like uh, the internet's famous. Pornhub back in the th- in the forties. Oh, you wouldn't need it. Well, you just yeah. Or if you had it, you'd, you'd see the image of dead Mussolini and dead Hitler. That would be the number one video in Canada and the United States. You're oh right. My goodness. There we go. Talking about it, uh, Italy again. Um, so we. I mean, to- it's interesting, Mike. I'm just going to make a brief observation. You love this. Like, you are what? an old man already. Well, Do you know what I mean? I don't think like, Mike quite zams, though. He doesn't have yeah, the attitude. Mike Thank is you. like, Thank wishes... You. Like, that's a sad It's thing. an insult. Mike's in his 30s, and he's like, you're too cool for me. And his damn girlfriend. He's like in his... He's like 36 or something. Like, uh, I'm a man old of people are 30. getting cooler than you. I don't... I don't even know how to respond to that, because it's so ridiculous. Michael, have you ever been in a recreational vehicle? Uh, so you mean like a, a car? Like an RV. Uh, you get them, they're about 30 to 40 feet long, just, uh, you know, decked out from stem to stern. You can get an old lady in the front, you just drive from coast to coast. I, I've been in one once, years ago, with uh, my uncle, who's no longer with us, took me to a Coward. car show. No, no, he had a uh, long, courageous battle with his heart. And uh, the heart won. But he did take me to a car show, and I, I stepped into an RV, and I thought, oh, I don't like this, and I stepped right out. What was it that, that frightened you or that gave you pause? It was too big. It was like, what is this? Is this a house, or well, is this an, a vehicle? I'm yeah. noticing being in your apartment, it is quite close quarters, and I live in the building as well, and yes. my unit is at least three, four times the size of this. Yeah, Mike got one of the really shitty ones. 
Is that true, James? Well, I mean, it's subjective, well, but in my subjective opinion, yeah. I remember when you showed me this unit, before yeah. I took it, you told me this was the, what did you say? You said it was the the crown jewel in, in the apartment. Yeah, and have you seen a crown jewel? Yeah, they're beautiful. It's interesting because James showed me my place. It's two bedrooms, three baths. Mm-hmm. It's got a lovely veranda. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. A Juliet balcony, the kind that would drive Margaret Atwood batty. Uh, and I said, is this, is this the, the best unit in the building? And his response, I believe, he said, I don't know. They're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this is clearly my well goodness. beneath that. Well, I have, uh, so I have a combo kitchen bathroom. I have a small bedroom, living room area, and it has a Morphe bed. And I, I didn't mispronounce that. It's not a Murphy bed. It's a Morphe bed, which is a junior Murphy bed. Yeah. So I feel like I've been just taken advantage of, James, all these years later. But I don't mean to be rude, but sometimes in life I feel like people find their natural spots, and this just seems like a Mike place to me. And there are hierarchies, I would say, mm. in, in human relations, just as there are in nature, right? Absolutely. The bottom feeders are, well, that's why they're called bottom feeders. Right? Absolutely. I don't need to spell it out. Well, do you guys know about the lobster? I mean, uh, 100 A million? friend of mine I was partying with, actually, Jordan Peterson. Oh, yeah. From U of T. I yeah, was talking about lobsters the other night. Yeah, he's a... Thought leader in the boomer community, Michael. I don't know oh. if you've read any of his stuff. I've heard his name bandied about, but I haven't really sat down and read about him. So basically, his whole thing is that universities are corrupt and you shouldn't learn. Oh. Uh, and you should put together like an Excel spreadsheet of uh, what professors you want to get fired. Uh, but when he's not like on, when he's not on TV or in his books, he's actually a pretty chill guy. He's got kind of a cool longhouse attic. We go up there, we hotbox it, we listen to the dead. Uh, oh. Just kind of a nice guy to hang out with. And he's kind of a stud and he dresses really cool. And he's got this cool voice. Like, uh, yeah. you're, a, you're a Muppets fan? I love Kermit and his fellows. So if you like, imagine if Kermit was, uh, you know, choking on an old boot. He was on a swim and he swallowed an old boot in the pond. Oh, God. That's kind of what uh, my friend uh, JP sounds like. That's my nightmare, He's got a very Canadian accent, I noticed, too. He's sort of like, oh, he sort of talks like that a little bit. Well, I already think I love him because I think the Canadian accent needs to be more out there in the world. Enough of this American nonsense. And this is a bad word these days in quotes, especially in the journalism community, but you could stand to be indoctrinated by him, I think. It would do you some good. All right. I see you've got a bit of a slouch. He encourages men to to stand upright. Well, I don't don't feel comfortable with that, but uh, I'm willing to... to He may just be tired. Yes. I'm I'm exhausted. Yeah, Mike doesn't sleep anymore because of his girlfriend. I do sleep, but just only 20 minutes every four hours. Now, John, I feel like we've we've gone far off the rails before even... Um, well, I'm good to talk on a range of topics. Well, right. Well, how about this topic? How did you get involved in Zammer magazine and journalism, and, and specifically in writing about the elderly or the mature? Well, it may shock you to learn it's because I take such good care of myself. I use the gym. I, uh, hey, you may look... I... Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was just going to say, I think the same thing as you, that John looks amazing. Yeah, you, you look great. Would it surprise you to know that I'm 72 years young? Wow. What? And we say years young, we don't say years old, because old know, is a bad word. In this instance, it's right. You look wow. better than Mike. I was born in 1946. 1940s, my goodness. My parents were, remember I mentioned the uh, the graphic imagery of Mussolini, of a dead Hitler, oh, yes, of, a, of a robust uh, Joseph Stalin uh, yes. leading the armies into Berlin. These were the thoughts flitting through my parents' mind oh. as uh, my seed was planted, and nine months later I was born into this world. That's amazing. Oh, I, I just have to say, I'm a little bit gobsmacked here. 
Because I assumed that we were around the same age, but you're many decades older than me. Well, because I live young. You live young, wow. And yet, you both will probably die around the same time. Oh, shut up, James, that's not true. Attention listeners, this winter, we hope you have the bug. The travel bug, that is. Because we're putting on the first ever Landlord and Tenant Podmess Travel Bug Contest. Travel Bug Contest. Here's how it works. If you go on vacation, be sure to pack your camera along with your swim trunks. We want to see a picture of you listening to the show in an exotic or interesting location. Whoever sends us the most amazing photo will win a prize to be determined. So get snapping and send your pics to at LTPodMess on Twitter. It's the Landlord and Tenant Podmess Travel Bug Contest. Travel Bug Contest. Finally, a bug that people will want to get. This bug. He may pass before me. I mean, Michael, actually, I've written an interesting pamphlet. Uh, I can send you a PDF of it. It's uh, $12.99. You don't even know what a PDF is. You can pe- like, of that's course. Impressive. And I don't need my, my grandson or yeah. a neighbor to show it to me. I'm not one of those old kooks whose uh, VCR is flashing. Yeah. I have a Blu-ray player, for Christ's sake. So you're 72. Wow. You know what a PDF is. I wrote this PDF. It's what might have been a pamphlet. In okay. the olden days, or as I right. call them, the good old days <laughs> of the Yorkville scene. Oh! You know, Coburn, Murray McLaughlin, Gordy Lightfoot. Uh, that's how I started in journalism, so, by the way. I was down at the Riverboat Cafe so, writing about the rock scene. So, John, you're saying you hung out in the 60s in, in Yorkdale, which at the time Yorkville, was... Yorkville, Mike. Sorry. Yorkville. You hung out in the There 60s. was a Yorkdale scene briefly at Yorkdale Mall where a bunch of folkies were uh, playing at the... At Timothy's At Coffee. Timothy's and the Neil, Pickle Barrel as well. Neil yeah. Young, yeah, apparently did his first ever live gig at a... The Cineplex Odeon, oh, actually. It was a Cineplex Odeon. Oh. He was playing with the Minor Birds at the oh, time. Oh, my goodness. Well, Yorkville, for those not from Toronto, was a the cool hippie... Uh, neighborhood in Toronto in the 60s and that it is true Neil Young Joni Mitchell even uh, Rick friends of mine friends of yours yeah. amazing did you friends know Rick James because Rick James Rick James uh, Bernie Finkelstein uh, you know Bernie Finkelstein the Yorkville Albert Grossman I can uh, got his number on my cellular phone anyways uh, who's we, Bernie Finkelstein he would manage these acts uh, your oh, Gordy Lightfoots okay. your Bruce Coburn okay. he was a powerful so, man still is True North Records you ever heard of True oh, North yeah. Records so you know Gord- Gordon Lightfoot you can call him Gordy I call him Gordy yeah I visit his house on the bridal path wow uh, may shock you to learn you know he has that song about the Edmund Fitzgerald? Yeah. One of the yes. great songs I've ever written, incidentally, yes. about a yes. sinking oh, ship. More of an EDM of, guy over here, but okay. I mean, I'm sure there's been versions, or uh, you can appreciate an EDM song about a ship on the Great Lakes and its crew drowning. Fair enough, fair It's a enough. common theme. Even I would like that kind of EDM song. His house is littered with paintings of that boat. Oh my god, so he's obsessed with the sinking of this this one well, ship. You gotta know what side your bread's buttered on, that's what I've always said. Wow. And now, for Gordon Lightfoot, he made all his money off the back of a sinking ship. Amazing. And, and now, we're, because we're on the subject of Gordon Lightfoot, who I don't think is Italian, as far as I know, right? Um, I would like to say that he is looking good. I saw him at the Canada Day uh, celebrations on television, and he's looking, he looks like he's in his 30s. Yeah, well, again, he zams and he zips, and that's what it's all about. As I was mentioning, I have this PDF that I can send you if you reimburse me the money. It's called The Plot Against Death, okay. uh, and it's basically about how you can live forever and how death is an option. 
Well, can I ask, how long do Zammers want to live? Like, indefinitely. Indefinitely. Well, yeah. your body is going to rot. Nah. You seem to be talking about immortality here. Cybernetics, uh, microbial huh. implants, uh, sort of sawing off the uh, limbs and heads of a younger generation and attach them to our bodies. Sort I of like a Dr. Frankenstein. I don't like that. Oh, my personally. goodness. You know, I don't really like that. I think you guys... I mean, although having said that, I'm, I am up for uploading my consciousness to the internet when that comes. That's a young man's game. So uh, you want, like, robot... You, you want to... I would like to physically live forever okay. with some portion of my body. See, that's the generation gap, because I'm willing oh. to just upload my brain to the internet. Yeah. But you want a body. Well, because I like to go to the gym, I like to play tennis, yeah, see, I like to play badminton, I like to ride my spider. Can I ask, yeah. are, are people like Gordy Lightfoot, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, are they also into into this? They want to have uh, younger arms and, and, and internal organs? This, or? is, this is an inside tip, and I might be sort of showing my hand here, but guess what percentage of Gordon Lightfoot is synthetic flesh, and guess what percentage are cyborg implants? Hmm. I mean, I don't even know what to say. I'll say 20, 50? You say 20 organic... What's the other 30, Mike? <laughs> Wait, I, maybe I misunderstood. I'm, I'm confused, but, but I, th- I think if I can... Gordon be- Lightfoot is 80% cybernetic implants at this point. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, you never know what... That's why he still rocks so well. Exactly right. my point. You know, I'm going to throw this out there, Mike. I don't mean this as an insult. But absolutely, Mike is the kind of guy that could get tricked into donating most of his body to you old guys. Or, a f- or a f- well, again, old is a bit of a... Oh, sorry. Word, the old word. The old word, we call the it, yeah. Uh, but don't you think, like, don't, couldn't you imagine, oh, let's go out for cocktails, Mike? Like, oh, yes. And then next thing you know, he's on an operating table. Um, are you sure this is okay for me? And you, like, cut off his arm? As I sit here, I'm imagining with an X-Acto knife just sort of yeah. taking the skin oh. off of his bones. Oh, well, like, I, this I, is the vibe you give off. Is it? Is that really the vibe I give off? A little I, desperate. Well, yeah. first of all... But this man, is what we think of you younger people, to be honest. I mean, you do anything for money. You didn't work honest jobs. Right. You have precarious employment. Mm-hmm. Your own fault. Mm-hmm. You spend all your money on avocado toast. It's true. You'll never own property. And you'd uh, sell off your skin to an older man for a buck. Well, it depends. Let me, let me just say this in my defense. Depends on the older man or woman. Would I sell my skin or maybe some organs or a nose or some, some of my lips to Gordon Lightfoot? Yes. Uh, would, would I do the same to Joni Mitchell? Yes. Would I do the same to, um, oh, I don't know, uh, Andy Kim? Nope. Andy well, Kim from the Archies, of course. He can get Kevin Drews. Him and Kevin Drew are quite close. I hear that uh, well, they've sort of struck well, up a friendship. Well, he should take Kevin Drew's lips then in that case. Every year, Andy Kim becomes a bit more and more Kevin Drew, if you've noticed. I, I don't like it. My point is you should watch your friend Ruth. Ask her what her oh, five-year so five plan is. That is so, so true. Mike, James, you may remember, see her walking around. You may if, think you see Michael in the hallway. Oh, are yeah. you insinuating remember I that... said how it's like the movie Get Out? And I wasn't even thinking of that exactly, but that's where they're like t- taking people's bodies and putting their brains in Are them. you too? She is doing that to you, Michael. She it's is... 100% clear now. 100%. This is the most... Ha ha ha. This she's... is the most hilarious no. thing I've ever heard. She's making you deranged by cutting, only making you eat fish. She only lets Michael eat fish. Oh, I only eat fish. See? That's normal to eat. That's just getting your her body a cut ready for That's her. That's what she says. And yeah. then she's going to put, like, I well, don't know. We got some nice oils in the you. skin that makes you look sort of shiny and mm. shimmery. If she doesn't like me, then why does she let me kiss her and hug her and sing the old songs to well, her? Well, the kissing I can answer. you got to see if the lips, if they're a fit, right? 
All right. You couldn't have bigger lips on on your skull. It would look ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, oh, you guys are full of it. But uh, anyway, this is something we can revisit later. Um, I'll have to give Ruth a call. Um, I'm not sure if this is actually happening or if I'm hallucinating or in a dream right now. Anyway, because I haven't slept for so long. Can we ask you what was Yorkville like back in the day? Like, or, or what was being a Torontonian like back in the... 50s and 60s, because it's something I often feel jealous about, that I didn't get to be in Hogtown back in those wild days. I always felt like Toronto was really dumb and boring up until, like, the 90s. That's Is probably that right? dumb. It's untrue, probably not right. Untrue, untrue, untrue. Roncesvalle Avenue? Sure. I mean, have you guys mm. heard of that? That's a name that gets the hairs on the back of my neck standing up. You have no idea. that When the trolley cars come rumbling north up the street, uh, it was a constant party on Roncesvalles. On especially Roncesvalles. after the war, because a lot of Polish people were coming over, wow. escaping persecution. Well, do you remember the... Now, if this is too personal of a question, you don't have to answer, but do you remember the day that the first Polish man arrived on Roncesvalles? I certainly do. Yeah, he was welcomed with open arms and then some, if you, oh. uh, if you follow my meaning. Oh! Wow. Wow. Let's just say if you've ever been to the Review Cinema, there used to be no seats in there. The what? whole place was emptied out. Tarpaulins. Wait. From the front of the stage all the way to the back. Okay. To clean up any mess. And uh, basically what? just uh, a big fucking suck. The what? Oh my goodness! And this was in the 50, 40s and 50s? The 19th. Well, because we are a bit jealous, you know, when you're the product of a boom, you know, yeah. all you hear is that, you know, you're the consequence of this sort of wild sex. Right. And oh, you, you got a bit right. of a chip on your shoulder at that point, you know? It's so wild to think. People think free love started in the mid 60s, but it was actually in Toronto on Roncesvalles Avenue. The Polish immigrants. In the late 1940s and then in the 1950s. My goodness. Well, because when you go to the Review Cinema, which is a rep cinema on the west side of Toronto, community not for profit. Because I think of it as, as a place to see maybe a, an old silent Chaplin film with a live piano mm, Harold Lloyd, good guy. Right, or, or maybe Lady Bird. Mm -hmm. But you're telling me that back in the day it was just a big... And this, I, I apologize to any listeners who are offended by this language. You're telling me that it was just a big fuckfest. Not to say that we weren't interested in the films. I mean, you put a, you put a Lon Chaney oh. Jr., a Lon Chaney right. Sr., certainly, uh -huh. would get the engines running. And uh, people sort of gave in to the uh, baser instinct. You know, Abraham Lincoln... Oh, I've heard of him. I, have you heard of him, James? Uh, yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> he had a phrase, the better angels of our nature. This was the opposite of that. May I ask, at what age is someone considered a Zammer? Some people say 45 plus. All right, all right. That's all okay. I need to hear. I thought, I think Zam, I think of Zammers as like 70 plus, not 45. Yeah, well, 45, these are sort of the young kids on the block. They've still okay. got their training wheels on. Yeah. Usually yeah. it's uh, someone wearing kind of a gold chain mm -hmm. over a pacemaker scar. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the sort of cool age to so, be. So do the older Zammers, I'm talking, you know, 75 up, do they look down on the young Zammers who are like maybe 45, 50 and think like, yeah, yeah. Let's see what you got, kid. Sure, but it's sort of like joining a fraternity in the sense that, you know... When Animal House. Right, it's exactly <laughs> like Animal House, which is actually a bit after my time. Uh, but I remember Buster Keaton in college, for example. Right. Uh, we kind of look... It's a rite of passage. We kind of initiate them. We give them a hard time, right, because they're the right. young bucks. Uh, and then when they sort of hit 55, 58, 60, yeah. then you're properly initiated. Now, may I ask you, for, for Zammer men... They must be taking popping a lot of pills for their 
Oh, sure. You know, downstairs. And the more, the better. Yeah, the more, the better. Uh, and we also do this thing called uh, dick flipping, where we, uh, you take sort of uh, a Viagra with an ecstasy or some MDMA, uh, and you just sort of, uh, you know, roll for six, eight hours at a time. My God. Yeah, you could crack an egg on my penis at any given time. I swear to God. Well, we might just take you up on the offer. No, we're not going to take him now, up on the offer. this is Michael. interesting. This is the first time a guest has said something that made James recoil in disgust. Usually I, I'm the one who does that. Well, I don't mean to be rude. Um, I'm just a bit grossed out by old people. Mm-hmm. Old people. Old sure. people. And I, I just gotta be honest, it's just not my thing. I'm not into them. I respect that you guys are doing your thing, but I I sort of don't even acknowledge people older than me even exist. James, uh, just to enlighten John a bit here, can you tell John, um, who, uh, of the women you've dated, mm-hmm. who was the oldest? Oh, come on. When you met them. I mean... Dating is different, I think. No, just answer the question. Uh, wow. Well, I mean, you know, you get you get up into the mid-20s here and there, but, you know, when you... Not to be... When you're a landlord of a building like this, women who are in their early 20s, who are Russian models, tend to go for you. That, to me, mid-20s, you said? Well, I'm... As, literal, literal child's play, to oh, me. Oh, come on. Hey, you must look at people in their teens and 20s as if they're still zygotes. <laughs> I do, Yes. Really? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I see them, uh, I basically see an embryo uh, walking down the street. They mean oh. nothing to me. I, they're beneath my contempt. An embryo is going to be a war, just based on this conversation. Well, we have the numbers, my friend, and we're well, all uh, cybernetically augmented, that's so uh, bring it on, It's actually true, but, you know, we've got that youthful, there's got to be something. We've got that youthful vigor, I don't know, energy? No, oh, you have a lot of energy. Well, damn it, the old people might kill us. Well, you know We'd what? be glad to do it. Yeah. I think it'd be a nice change to be killed by an army of uh, graying, uh, sort of arthritic old people instead of... Imagine having your throat slit by Christopher Plummer. He has a cane and he pulls a knife out of the top of the cane and draws it across your young throat as the streets, the cobblestones of Yorkville, run red with the blood of the young. Wouldn't that be terrific? Oh, I'm in heaven right now just imagining that... Uh, because Mike, in reality... I feel like I'm in a Dracula movie, and Mike's like, yes, bite my throat, master. Oh, come on. Earlier so you pathetic. were... You should be on my side, not his side. Earlier you were insistent that your 65-year-old girlfriend wasn't trying to kill you, yeah. and now it sounds like it's the ultimate wish. No, I still don't think she's trying to kill me because it's true love, and you know true love when you're in true love, and it's it's the real thing this time. Uh, and she's not probably trying to kill me because that would break my heart, first of all. And, uh, anyway, you have to meet Ruth. She's really cool. She's you do to have me. to watch her heart, I'll say. I've been talking a big game about cybernetics, mm. but oh. it's all about healthy fats. It's all about the mm. ketogenic diet. Now, now, talking about health and the body, um, I did a little experiment before. Hopefully you're willing to participate, John, and be a judge. Uh... I collected two stool samples what? Um, from your two co-hosts here, me and James, and what? I was wondering, because you're a journalist who f- focuses on the elderly, if you could take a look at these stool samples what? and tell us which one of us... Uh, did you know that he was taking your stool? Is younger. Which one of us is younger? No. Right. Mike, wh- when did you do this? Uh, sorry, when, when did I get your stool sample? Yes. Um, interesting story. Uh, because I knew John was coming over, and I knew he was a journalist who might want to compare our stool, I installed a little mechanism in my toilet, and, uh, 
basically, it, when you flush a number two, it gets saved into a little secret compartment uh, from which I took it out and put put into a little bowl. How long have you had that in there? Um, about two weeks now, because I knew John was going to be a guest, so I installed it. So what? Well, let's we... get the stools out here. I mean, yeah, forget the, these, uh, these the... Two... Samples are Pardon me for being a bad journalist, but forget the who, what, where, why. So here, here they are, these two uh, samples. And I'm to and, guess uh, whose is who, or well, no, which I, is younger. Sorry, I'll tell you. This one on the left here is James's, and the one on the right here is mine. Okay. So this is yours, Michael? So this is mine, yes. Yeah, it looks like sort of uh, an emaciated mummy, like if it was like a baby mummy. Okay. Uh, sort of like petrified. Well, it's, it's very dry. It's very dry. Very dry. And, I feel like I could light white, a match. Yeah. White as the driven snow. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I gotta wonder if you're drinking enough water, and uh, if you're getting, I know you're not getting enough sleep, no. which is something that people don't consider affects the stool. Well, and interesting, because my, my stool has never usually traditionally looked like this, um, and I, part of me thinks that my new diet and my sleep schedule uh, has something to do with Is that a here. whole sardine skeleton yes, sort of is. bisecting it? Oh, God. It reminds me of one of those Heathcliff comic strips where he picks up a Ooh. fish and eats it and then just waves the bone around. But that is a cartoon cat's favorite food. A, a, a fish with the head and the tail still on, right. but the middle is bones. God, I feel like Heathcliff myself. James is, I have to say, it sort of has like a... You know when you drink like a whole Slurpee and then not that I've ever had one, but then your poo is sort of green. Like, are you yeah. on? Are you on Gamer Juice I or agree. Mountain um, Dew? Or well, I do drink a lot of Mountain Dew. I am on a steroid cycle right now, so that's probably affecting it a little bit. Whereas Michael's, you could kind of you know level a shelf with it. Yeah, it's clean, it's dry. This thing paperweight is, kind of thing. Yeah, this thing yeah. is formless. Yeah. Uh, if it weren't for the smell, I would never have guessed. That it's a stool sample. Uh, <laughs> I love hearing this. I would say by Zammer standards, you're both incredibly unhealthy. What you want to see is a oh. nice, coiled, beautiful, double-tapered shit. I mean, that's the sort of Zammer standard. So, Mike. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm just saying you've, you've lost I'm happy mind. to leave one. No, thank you. Please well, do. You know what? Yeah, go ahead after I leave. Mike, you've literally lost your mind. You're clearly sleep-deprived. This is mental. This is the most insane thing you you've ever done. You have a live stool on the table. Someday when you're going to go to sleep, you're going to wake up and be so humiliated you've done this. This I is will the not, weirdest thing you've ever I, done. I will not be humiliated for stealing a sample of your stool and asking a journalist to compare our two, two stool samples. You're crazy. Anyway. Well, this is, this is enlightening, and I guess I have some work to do, uh, and my body needs to adjust to my new lifestyle. Drink more water. Get uh, yeah. six to eight to 12 hours of sleep a night. Yeah, well, first of all, water, that's a real no-go. Uh, Ruth, my girlfriend who has taken over my diet, um, is part of this anti-water scene, and I sort of oh. can only get my water or hydration from uh, seafood. Oh, well, they live in the sea, so there should be plenty so of water. They're full right? of water. Yeah. yeah. Mike, he, John is, like, pushing this agenda on you. Like, something is up. Don't you see this? I, I like, their old people clearly see you as some kind of fresh body. Prey. Yeah. Listen, like, it's like a predator-prey dynamic. Don't you I mean, see that? The way that Ruth and her friends treat me when we go out together, I, I feel like the, the team quarterback in high school. Do you I've ever see them licking their lips or sort of steepling their fingers? Constantly. Constantly. And they're, they're, the way they're, they make eye contact with me, I can only imagine that I look like a little, little uh, uh, drumstick like in a cartoon of old. But honestly, if they are just grooming me to steal my body parts, 
So be it. I'm having a great time. You're what we in the Xamarin community would term a familiar. Thank uh, you. <laughs> again, not a compliment. Uh, it essentially right. means that you're a young person's slave uh, that we use to uh, tap blood and flesh, and that's fine. There's nothing to be ashamed of. All right. Well... A lot, of, a lot of stuff to think a lot about. To think for, about. For I've me. warned you. I feel like I've done my part. Best of luck. Yeah. With all that, well, Mike, shall we take a, a little break and come back with our final segment? I guess. Sure. Welcome back to this. Oh, Jesus. Welcome back to this, uh, I would say, highly disturbing episode of Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess. Michael, how are you? I've reached a new level of exhaustion where I'm tasting things, mm. uh, but I haven't eaten a morsel in over three hours, so it's interesting. Ugh. Okay. Right now I'm tasting peppermint. Mmm. Okay, well, um, that's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, we're here with our final segment, here with John Semley. And, Michael, you've, you've come up with a final segment idea. That's right, James. Uh, so right now we're going to play a fun game. We've learned a lot about uh, Toronto history and about the history of, of baby boomers in general. Um, we've learned a lot about Italy... And we've learned all about cybernetic technology, and now it's time to wind it all down with a fun new game called The Landlord and Tenant Podmess Presents If I Could Choose My Ideal Funeral Song, Here's What It Would Be. And I have to say, John, I made up this game before knowing that we were having a, a mature guest on the show, so please don't take any offense. I have uh, no plans to die anytime soon, so as you've carry on as usual. You've made it quite clear that you... Uh, there's an old Oasis song that goes, You and I are gonna live forever. Just me, though, in this case. Yeah. Right. Right. <coughs> so how it works... Like, you're dying now. Well, that just goes... Are to you a synesthetic when you say you're tasting... You're seeing peppermint? Never thought I was, but... Like Hendrix. Like Hendrix, the great... He, he's another Zammer, I guess. May well, he passed. His soul. He passed. Yeah. Were he alive, he'd so be many, among the great Zammers. So many Zammers have, have uh, passed on. Cowards. Um, so this game works like this. We're going to take, go around the triangle, and we're each going to say the song we'd most love to have played at our funeral. Who wants to go first? Uh, John, how about you go first, because you're the guest. Well, as I said, I have uh, no, no plans of uh, shuffling off this mortal coil. And if, if I do, mm -hmm. I would rock it off hopefully this mortal coil. I, hopefully I don't, and I won't. Um, I would like to listen to... The second single from Elton John's 1974 record, Caribou. Oh. The Bitch is Back. <laughs> I Bec love that. Because, here's the kicker, people would be lining up to, to my coffin. Right. It's a bit of do. Boo-hoo-hoo. -hoo. Right. Tears would be flowing. Members of the community would be there. The Zammer community. They'd be, Elvino would flow. And I would sort of punch my way out of the coffin and say, uh, I haven't been dead this whole time. My cybernetic ticker is just kind of... Kicked in, right. uh, and I'm still alive. I'm going to live another hundred years, and the bitch is back, baby. Oh, I love that. And did you know that single went to number one in Canada? I love it even more. Goes to show that Canadians have the best taste in the damn world. Absolutely right. We'll agree there. That's something right. that spans generations. Um, sorry to uh, my condolences for Sir Elton announcing his uh, 
farewell tour of three years so that when he's 73, he can spend more time with his family. He'll be jamming and zipping with us, my friend. Right. Um, who, do you want to go next, James, or should sure, I go? Sure, I'll, I'll go. Um, I mean, I am not so obsessed with my own death like you that well, you this is should something be. I've ever thought about, and it definitely would not have been my choice for a game. No point. I agree. Um, but if you had to make me choose a song to play at my funeral, I would choose one of my favorite songs. I think it says a lot. I think it says everything I want to say. And I'm talking about The Bad Touch by the Bloodhound Gang. And you might remember that uh, song. The video was all the guys in the in the Bloodhound Gang jumping around in monkey suits and doing funny stuff. And I think it'd be kind of fun to make everyone come to my funeral dressed in one of those monkey suits. And I'd be buried in a monkey suit and everyone would be doing the funny dance like they did in the video and maybe sing the song in unison. Um, I didn't have as cool a plan as to hop out of my own coffin like you did, but maybe I'd do that too. I don't know. That just sounds grotesque. I'm just imagining a corpse decomposing in a monkey suit and it's giving me the willies. Death doesn't have to be grotesque, Michael. Death is... I'm actually on board with you on that one. Yeah, Yeah, Mike. Death is cool. Mike probably is getting buried in his first communion, you know. No, it doesn't uh, fit. Gown or something. Uh, With one of those all day lollipops in his hand. Yeah, exactly. A sailor suit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, I mean, I totally disagree with John's belief that old people should live forever and take body parts from the young, but I do agree with him that, you know. Let's still have fun while we're here, and even in our own funerals, have a bit of fun, too. So, that's what I would do. It could be like a last prank on all your yeah, friends. Yeah, and I'm a huge prankster. Oh, yeah. Prank master, if anything. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd like to uh, say that I no, I'm not being buried in a sailor suit or my first communion outfit with a lollipop. I intend to be buried from head to toe in Roots clothing. Of course, Roots is a very famous and warm and fashionable Canadian fashion house. That Ross makes... Rebliotti. Yes. Oh, yeah, the backwards Kangol hat. Mm-hmm. Just... Well, it's a Roots hat. Well, yeah, but that's nevertheless. True, but the Kangol yeah. kind of took the look. Yes, well, I'm going to be buried head to toe in, in their stuff. Anyway, <clears throat> for my funeral, what is the song I would love to be played as everyone is weeping and asking, oh, why did he have to go? He was so young and wonderful. Um, I think the song would be probably... Fare Thee Well, Love, by the Rankin family. Of course, from their 1990 album, also called Fare Thee Well. It's the title track. And um, it won the Juno uh, Award that year for Single of the Year. And that's the way I'd like people to remember me. Um, Gathering around my corpse, the open coffin funeral, and uh, singing along to Fare Thee Well by the Rankin family. The East Coast's... uh, They're basically the East Coast's answer to the Carter family. And how long after this would you wait, uh, you know, for all the old people around you, including Ruth and John, to start tearing your body apart and putting it on their bodies? Because that's completely <laughs> what you are setting up, Mike. <laughs> uh, I'm not... We would be circling like vultures. It's a, you know, it's a turn of phrase, but... So, I'm just going to ask you point blank. Do you know Ruth? E- don't want to say if I do or I don't. There's a bit of a scheme. Uh, is she is she grooming me to harvest my organs and my skin and my eyes and, and my hair? If she is doing it, she's doing a very fine job. I would say I've seen this type of work before. Let's say this. I don't know Ruth, but I know the type. Uh, 
All right, well, I'm going to have to have a word with Ruth, my sweetheart, to see if she is just grooming me to harvest my organs and my blood and my serums. And I'm not too happy about this, but I guess it's the talk that all couples need to have at one point or another. The big one, we call yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, good luck with that, Mike. Uh, may God have mercy on your soul. And also with you. <laughs> I thought I was in church there for a second. I haven't slept in so long. Well, John, thank you very much for joining us. Sure, thanks for having me. And uh, come down to the Zammerplex in uh, Liberty Village and we'll party. Have a few uh, smart cocktails, you know. I'll introduce you around. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll be there for sure. James, you've got some good arms and legs I'd like to show around the <laughs> yeah, office. And uh, uh... your skin is puckered and rosy. And I think uh, <laughs> you'd be a big hit. Yeah, well, I think I might pass on that one. Thank you. And John, before you leave, just don't forget to uh, to take a dump in my special toilet. And, oh, I'd be uh... more than happy to. Thank okay. you, yeah. Thanks. And until next week... Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess Nation, we'll see you then. Wow.